You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Crump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. This message is being broadcast over the emergency alert system at the request of the New York football giants. This is not a test. Please remain calm and stand by for the following important information. Welcome to another emergency broadcast of Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. Do not adjust the internet connection. I am your host, the Football Grump, and with me as always is Mike the Cranky Fan. The news is fast and furious, Grump, as we rebuild this roster into something that's sort of competitive. It's actually getting difficult to keep up. I find myself attached to my phone now. <laughs> Well, that's good. It beats the uh, apathy of our last general manager when upgrading key positions that we need to keep positions fixed. So this is good. Yeah. So big news, big news. Um, the Giants didn't do anything, but the Jets traded up from, I believe, the sixth position overall with the Colts for the number three spot overall. Um, and in the process, skipped over a quarterback country, Denver Broncos at number five. Um, why is that important? It's important. They just dropped their pants and showed exactly what they wanted to do. Yeah. They want a quarterback. And, you know, even though they signed Teddy Bridgewater, that means they're, they're making a splash. They want to get a big time quarterback for the future. So that's fantastic for us. That just gives us more leverage when, with other teams that may want to jump ahead of them to get a quarterback. Yeah. Um, you know, namely the Broncos. So what it does is with Cleveland, it picks one and four, previously would be able to you know with with us picking it too we you know you could say we need a quarterback you could count on us probably taking quarterback at two the Colts at three you know with Andrew Luck it's hard to imagine them investing their number three spot in another quarterback so they were safe with getting whoever they wanted at number one like Saquon Barkley or Quentin Nelson or you know Bradley Chubb whoever whoever it is they want and wait for a signal caller to follow them. They had that option. Now, with the Jets moving up to three, they no longer have that option, as two quarterbacks could be off the board by the time they pick again at four. That puts a lot of equity back into our in our pockets here with the number two pick. The, again, the Broncos definitely need a quarterback, um, and the Bills have been trying to get closer and closer to that spot earlier, and they have some equity to give up as well. So... Yeah, it it's, makes our number two pick bright and shiny for all the world to see. And I think that's the best case scenario for us because I really think deep down Gilman wants to trade this pick. You do? I really do. I do. Why do you think that? I think he sees this a roster that needs a lot of parts, and I think he wants to acquire as many draft picks as he can. Um, I have a hunch that he is not ready to give up on the Davis-Webb experiment, which – I don't know if it's really considered an experiment, but having that asset. And I'm not sure that the quarterback they want to invest in is there in this draft this year. So all those things together, I think he wants to make a, make a move. I just feel like this team is a pile of shit. He knew it when he came in. First of all, you have a regime change, so you're going to be swapping out guys that weren't necessarily even weaknesses. Like we've already seen it with Dominic Rogers, Camardi, where – 
you know, we're overhauling the the roster so much. We just need his cap space, and that's what's going to happen. So there's just so much that he's got to do. And personally, I just feel like this isn't a great quarterback class. I, I I like Josh Rosen as a passer, as a quarterback. I like what he can do. But this day and age with concussion concerns, this guy's already got two. It's so difficult to invest the number two position in anybody who's already got multiple concussions. Um, and especially well, think- since we know the offensive line is garbage, it's one of the most underrated things about Eli Manning is that he's never missed a game. Is the offensive line still garbage relative to what it was last year? I know it's still a work in process, but we could say now the offensive line is better than it was. I, I guess so, but only because of the value you put on the left tackle position. I mean, we've lost Justin Pugh and Weston Richburg, both of which were good players. And we got Nate Solder, and we moved Eric Flowers. We don't know how that's going to pan out. We we went into last season thinking the offensive line was not improved from a unit that was not good in 2015. Well, no, that nothing was added to it. Uh, we we knew what we had in Justin Pugh. We knew what we had in Weston Richburg. We were hoping that Eric Flowers was going to take a leap. Would you say that he did? I would say he took uh, big baby steps. Yes. So I, I mean, call it a leap. I call we, it big we, baby steps. We kind of looked at it as nothing was added to make the offensive line any better, except for maybe DJ Fluker, which we didn't know what that was going to be, but that we still felt like it was going to be a little bit better just based on his development. Um, right. Now we've added a piece, but we've also lost two. So I, I I feel like, yes, it's still a piece of shit. It's also not done. Oh, of course no. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Right, right. But I, I think what people are thinking also is that, you know, is a quarterback taken at number two? Does it necessarily have to be an Hall of Famer, 10-time Pro Bowler to be a successful pick? I mean, a, a very serviceable starting quarterback in this league who lasts a decade to me is, you know, would be a, a realistic goal for that position. I think people are looking at, well, there's no can't-miss guys in this draft. I think that – are we saying that for can't-miss, you know, for being – an all-timer or do we see of these five guys, guys that could be starters in this league and be, you know, in the upper third to upper quarter quarterbacks in the league? I mean, I can't speak for other people's definition definitions, but when I say can't miss, I don't necessarily mean even a pro bowler. I just mean a guy who is, you know, you plug him in and the way he goes. He, he, the yeah. He's, about him. he's a solid part of whatever unit it is. And if it's a quarterback, then he's a guy you don't have to worry about as being the problem, you know? Yeah. Well, my point is, I think a lot of people are saying, well, there's no can't miss quarterbacks. That doesn't mean there's no quarterbacks that are, you know, you'd be very happy saying you give me this guy with the number two pick in, in seven years from now, good draft pick. I think there's a difference. I, I think people are missing that. When they're when they're rating these, you know, five quarterbacks. My problem with taking a quarterback in this draft, and it's because we've already went over the quarterbacks, is only one of these guys, in my opinion, is ready to go in day one and start being competitive. And my issue with him is that he has serious injury concerns. Yeah. Um everyone behind him really needs to sit for a year, and now while the Giants are able to do that, this is not as if Eli Manning's age has been the issue that led this team to three and thirteen. Oh, yeah. It's really just been a bike with no wheels. 
Well, I guess, you know, we, we all have to be realistic. And I guess it has to be an organizational thing from the top down. Does management and the coaching staff think this team can make a run next year? Or is this team two years away? You know, as fans, we can say, you know, oh, we just get a quarterback and away we go. We can go to the playoffs and the Super Bowl. But that's not how teams are built. I mean, does this does Dave Gettleman and Pat Shermer think they're just a couple of pieces away to compete for a Super Bowl, which might be the lip service. But do they really think that this team is a 2019 project, a 2020 project or a 2021 project? I wonder what they're really saying behind closed doors. I agree with you. And so I actually got into this argument with a fan. Well, argument, debate. Um, we don't argue here. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was being hyperbolic, but he said that it was very clearly not a rebuild. I, I just don't know how it couldn't be. You know, aside from the fact that there's a pretty decent turnover in players, you have a quarterback who may be playing his last year, you also have two new coaches playing with with two new uh, an offensive scheme a defensive scheme that's all different you know the whole vision seems to be different for me to me this is a rebuild and i think it's pretty obvious but a large yeah. number of people seem to think that with the way they're signing you know Nate Solder guy's early 30 to play you know they front loaded his contract you know th- these are fair points uh I, I you know i don't i don't know you build, you know, you don't build a team with 46 rookies. That's not the definition of a rebuild. No. You have to have that mix. You need to have, you know, an equal dispersion of cap money from guys coming off the pick, the, the cap each year and, and different things. Um, there are two different types of rebuilds. There's the rebuild where we're announcing we are and we're tearing the whole thing down and we're, you know, gutting it out like a Jacksonville Jaguar type of rebuild. Or there's one of those rebuilds you don't realize you're really in it until you're in the throes of it. I mean, you're right. You fired the head coach. You fired the GM. You fired the head of player personnel. We went to a 3-4. We changing the offense up a little bit. We are going to have – could potentially have four-fifths of our offensive line redone. Uh, you know – could have a whole new stable of running backs, you know, all these different things. That's a rebuild. And rebuilds happen when you're three and 13. They happen when you're nine and seven. It depends on what your cap situation is. It depends on lots of factors, but yes, this is a rebuild. This team is going to look and feel a lot differently than it did last year. Even if a lot of the familiar names are there. I agree. And I, I think the amount of teams that sustain success and our perennial playoff teams is very small. You know, you can count them on one hand, you know, for both conferences, the teams are always in the playoffs. They're always fighting for it. You know, look at Philly, look at the Giants, look at Washington, look at, you know, these are teams that, you know, they, they yo-yo and most teams in this league yo-yo. There are very few teams like the Denver's and the, the Pittsburgh's and New England's that are perennially up there. So before we, you know, start making, you know, the exception, making that the rule, let's see Jacksonville do it again. Let's see Minnesota do it again. Let's see a lot of these teams do it again before we crown them as, you know, they've been rebuilt and now they're powerhouses. Couldn't agree with you more. Um, and there's this this repeated thing that I hear over and over and over again that this is the time to take a quarterback because you're picking at number two. 
you don't pick positions. And there's this other narrative where, like, you know, we could pick Barkley and then get a quarterback later. You don't get positions. You get players. And you only get what's left. So if at number two Josh Rosen is gone, I actually like Sam Darnold. But is he worth the number two overall pick? I really don't know. And I'm not a scout. I haven't talked to him. You are picking the guy. You're making an investment in a person, not a position. You're not just checking a box. It's not a matter of just getting a quarterback at two. It's what's available. If Josh Rosen's not there, I have to imagine that the Giants are like, forget it. Somebody else wants Sam Darnold way more than we want him. Yeah, the bottom line is they think Eli Manning is good for two more years and they have enough faith in Davis Webb. They're not picking a quarterback. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's, uh, you know, if it's Andrew Luck, if they think Eli Manning could be 80% of what he was during his glory days for two more years with a better offensive line, healthy wide receivers in a running game, and they think Davis Webb is someone that can be a serviceable heir apparent going forward, they're not taking a quarterback. And if they're not taking a quarterback that high, you know, the question is going to be, do they like Barkley enough to make the investment or if not, they're trading down. And, and just so we remember, know, remember when Eli comes off the books, that's a lot of money that opens up in the cap. Yeah. You know, they will be in a position where they can buy a quarterback if they wanted to. I mean, they may not be in the philosophy. They want to groom a quarterback. You know, they got lucky with Eli, but that was also 15 years ago. That was also two GMs ago. And it was, you know, three coaches ago. You know, they may want to be in a position where, you know, I, um, I don't know, a, a Teddy Bridgewater type of quarterback who's around like his fourth year and, you know, may not go for the 30 million, but maybe someone's like 15, 16 million who they really like and you know, plug him in and away he goes next year. So you don't have to get your quarterback through the draft. It depends on where the rest of your team is. If the Giants defense gels and becomes fantastic and the running game is there and we re-sign Beckham, and all we need is a quarterback. Do they really want to go with the route of drafting one and having to develop it? They'll just, they'll just buy one. So this is not the only opportunity to get an elite quarterback. And the, the, the situation for this team may be a lot different in two years than it is now. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, when you have a strong roster, you get a guy like uh, Alex Smith to come in there, and suddenly you have this record with you only four losses you're going to the playoffs i mean you look at this roster and how could you possibly say that they're just a plug and play away you look at the holes linebacker linebacker again corner wide receiver running backs everywhere on the offensive line i mean come on there's no way i understand that but also i think people whose jobs are on the line you know who are being evaluated immediately may not look at the same way you know do they have the patience that this is ironic do they have the patience that a fan would and a fan in New York who has traditionally no patience? I don't know. No, no, no. I'm agreeing with you. I mean, there, there's yeah. – The question is up – is the number one priority on this team the future quarterback? And I will say the answer to that is no. Yeah. Not with Davis Webb. Uh, yeah. And just so we know what kind of equity we're talking about, if the Bills were to trade up, which is you know pretty likely that they want somebody and they don't want the Jets to go before them uh, – they have the 12 pick in the draft, the 22nd, and the 56th, and you could probably even squeeze a 2019 pick out of them too. You're adding three extra picks. You're adding two extra picks and a pick next year. And too much is being made of this too. I, I should have made this point earlier. 
I keep seeing this over and over and over again, that the value of having a great starting quarterback on a rookie contract and what it does for a team and blah, 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 blah. Look, man, it doesn't matter if that quarterback sucks. It's (laughs) still the player you're getting. I don't care if you have, you know, Paxton Lynch is on a rookie contract. What good has that done the Broncos? Nothing. Paxton Lynch is bad. Well, that that goes back to the blackjack corollary where – it doesn't guarantee anything. It just increases your odds of building a team that's better than like a one and done situation. You know, you have the ability to, you know, sign more guys because you're not locking up so much more of your quarterback. That doesn't guarantee anything. Yeah, no, I, I understand the yeah. added value of having a guy in a rookie contract at a position that's of high value, but well, I guess the question is, you know, is Minnesota in a better position than? Let's say Denver or Paxton Lynch because you know they got Cousins who might be better, but X amount of their salary is locked up in a quarterback as opposed to what Denver is. Is what model is the best path for sustainable success? Not just one year, but sustainable. All right. So, so how about how about this? What per what, how many playoff teams from last year had a quarterback on a rookie contract? Let's go through the list, right? So you have Buffalo, Tyrod Taylor was not on his rookie contract. Jacksonville, Blake Bortles was. Mm-hmm. Tennessee with um, Marcus Mariota, he was. He was. Kansas City, not only did you have Patrick Mahomes on there, but you also had Alex Smith, who was not at all on a rookie contract. Pittsburgh, Ben Roethlisberger, obviously not. Tom Brady in New England, obviously not. Um Carolina, Cam Newton, definitely not. New Orleans, Drew Brees, definitely not. Atlanta, Matt Ryan, no. L.A. Rams, yeah, okay, you have Jared Goff. Minnesota, uh, no, because you had Case Keenum. And Philadelphia, Carson Wentz, yes. So less than half of the teams had quarterbacks in the rookie contracts. Um, Carson Wentz, by the way, was not even the quarterback that was playing. I mean, we know this already. Right. Um, Nick Foles. But the question would be, the question would be individual year, but what are those teams going to do in the future? You know, they have the ability now to say, okay, if I am, if I am the Rams and I know I still have three years with Goff's rookie deal, two years, three years, they can make a lot more plays than a team like, you know, Minnesota can potentially going forward. Right. But then, okay. So then you look at guys like Kirk Cousins just signed a great big deal go to minnesota his cap hits 24 million dollars the cap this year is 182 he's only taking up 7.6 percent of their cap it's it's a little bit of a a cliched story now this whole thing you're right it's not as big of a deal as it is in the nba where you know lebron james could take up 28 percent of the cap and it's you know lebron and the uh you know james etz it's not the same yeah but you know you're locked into a quarterback and also, you know, the cap hit to get rid of them, that could impact your team as well. Where, you know, guys not making as much they may they may jettison easily faster than they would a guy they're just invested in too. I, I just think that there's ways to work both models, you know? And mm-hmm. I think you have to be ready to work either model based on what happens in the draft and what's available to you in the draft. And I agree. the Giants are in a position to get a franchise signal caller, but is there one? There just isn't, and that that's what sucks. So I'm on the I'm all aboard the hold your number two pick out so everybody can see it and everybody wants it. That's let me ask team. you a qu- 
Let me ask you a question, Grub. If this was two years ago, what do the Giants do? The Wentz year and uh, Goff and would you? I mean, obviously hindsight is fifty-fifty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had the number. T- we had the number two pick, and Cleveland has the one. Cleveland had the one. Yeah, Cleveland had the one. And let's say we have the two. Yeah, I'd be tempted to take one of those two. Um, those were more questions of the the schools they were coming out of more than anything else, right? I mean, coming out of Cal in North Dakota. Yeah, I, I just I, mean the the kind of offense that Cal runs. That like air. They, yeah, shit. they they run a yeah. It's it's very collegey. It's yeah. It's made to score fifty points and made to have a thousand yards of offense. But I yeah, guess. I think both of those guys looked like much better prospects at school uh, coming out in the draft. It was interesting that both guys were traded up for, which means two cheat. Teams that had their number one and number two pick traded down. So it's interesting what, you know, one man's garbage is one man's, you know, flower. Well, so Tennessee had Marcus Mariota. Right. So they were okay. Cleveland traded down because they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I mean, let's be serious, right? I mean, they, they it's, haven't really. It's, it's a very factual statement because, and even this year, we don't know what's going to happen. They may trade down. They yeah. may, they could package one and four into like, First round picks for the next five years. I mean, who the hell knows? Let me throw something at you we talked about in last week's emergency broadcast. What if the Jets and Giants traded flip-flop two and three? We did. We kind of brought up a hypothetical. Would it make sense for those two teams to trade with each other? And we gave up that, you know, you know, fighting for back page, blah, 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 blah. But does it make sense for the <sighs> Giants to do that? From the, Jets, from the Jets' standpoint, it certainly makes sense. Yeah, because they want to make sure that they get – one of those two guys probably. Uh, from the Giants' standpoint, I don't see why it would make sense because now you're moving back a pick. You're not going to get a whole bunch extra because of the point value system between the number two pick and the number three pick. And and who are you going to get? You're going to get Saquon Barkley? Are you going to get Quentin Nelson? Is that really – are you getting a whole lot in return by trading down just to get one of those guys? We're also assuming the Jets are a sane organization. But you That's know, true. They, they may be – again – you're making a trade with the Giants too, so it's really a, a battle for the back page, and they may overspend. But let, let's say, like in our hypothetical, that Cleveland, the first pick, picks Park. So now, any quarterback is out there potentially at two, and the Jets have their sights on one guy head and shoulders above the other, and they're afraid the Giants might take him because if the Giants are smart, which they I feel they are a lot smarter than they were this time last year, they are not, you know dropping their pants and showing what we have. Are you talking about on draft day, like Giants are on the clock, Jets make a trade? Giants are on the clock. Okay. The Jets call the Giants and say, let's swap and I'll throw in A, B, and C. And we drop to three and we get we get Quentin Nelson. Or, shit, you can even take that further. I mean, if, if, if the Browns go Barkley first, the Jets trade with us to get Rosen or Darnold. Pick your quarterback, right. Yeah, and then you know at that point, trade down the, the again. Browns going to the you could trade down again probably with the Broncos sure. or the Bills to get I mean, to go before the Cleveland goes again. That's out of the Belichick playbook of just trade, trade, trade more picks, more picks, more picks. I mean that's certainly possible. I mean, I'm not sure. Do you think that this position that staying at number two is going to stay until draft day though, or do you think the Bills? just finally cave or the Broncos just finally cave. Somebody gives us, I think we're going to hold on to it as long as we possibly can until we're bowled over with something. And that may come on draft day and it may come 
before this podcast is released in the morning. True. But I, I you know, I, I, it all depends on what is offered. You know, if somebody says I will give you a one next year and we'll swap ones and a two or something just ridiculous. I mean, it's it's the second pick in the draft. It's a it's a high high value pick. It's very true, yeah. But it's also just one guy that you're getting. So I mean, you know, once hey, you're offered enough stuff, it's like, well, we can completely rebuild this roster. So Ricky Williams was traded for an entire draft class. Never underestimate the power of, you know, rebranding your franchise by getting somebody. For better or for worse. Yeah, yeah. Again, you know, you don't know the motivations of the other thirty one general managers and their situations, you know. Yeah. But so so we're both in agreement then. You you think at this point trading away the pick is the best option for the Giants? With the caveat, if it's the, if the deal makes sense and it's worth their while. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I, like I, just the same way that you don't pick positions, you pick players. You don't just trade. You have to make a trade. Yeah, there has to be another not, team willing. Not, there has to be a war it's chest. It's not quarterback versus Barkley versus trade. It's you know, it's what happens. What is that trade? What yeah. is that trade? And I just don't think the Giants are there. Where getting a Barkley makes a lot of sense. I just, you know, the offensive line we just went through and saying we still think it sucks. <laughs> you know, yeah. What good is that running back if that offensive line sucks? Yeah, and and I don't think that this in this amount of, you know, quarterbacks projected to go in the first round is going to be reminiscent of the 2004 draft class. I think this is a lot of teams are going to look back at this and say, I. We shouldn't have started that guy. He needed time to develop, you know? Yeah, it's been a very disturbing trend in this league where the rookie quarterback starting is becoming the norm. And again, I go back to the first year I moved down to Florida in 1987. The the Bucs drafted Vinny Testaverde with the first pick. He sat on the bench. Mm -hmm. Steve DeBerg was the quarterback. Can you imagine in this day and age having – making a pick for the number one overall and trading a, at the time was like a, wasn't a pro bowler yet, but you can tell the guy had talent for a guy and then not start him. And then bring in some other scrub to be the, uh, the interim guy. For it's a, a year. It's quite literally the exact opposite of what the Eagles did last off season when they had a free agent acquisition at quarterback and then traded him away after getting that pick. Exactly. And they took yeah. Carson Wentz. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, and you're you're seeing, you know, okay, for every Deshaun Watson you see, you're seeing for all the wheeling and dealing the Browns did, having the first and fourth pick, they may theoretically be kicking themselves when Deshaun Kaiser is a pro bowler. Yeah. Because they gave up on him after one year. Yeah. And he was certainly not a guy who was coming out ready to play. Exactly. They threw him into the mix. I mean, he'd be 15 years ago, absolutely would be a guy who rode the pine the first year. And they threw him into the mix. Again, that team has absolutely no plan what they want to do. So that didn't surprise me they did something foolish like that. Nor is it surprising me that they traded him away. So I have my money right now on them either trading with themselves, swapping the one and four pick, <laughs> or running out of time for one of the two picks and losing a pick. I don't know about that. You got to believe in <laughs> Kevin Costner. He's got a plan. He yeah, just let doing. him do his job, please. Yeah. <laughs> oh stop all right so i mean that's that's pretty much the news i mean 
feel free to debate amongst yourselves. Is this a rebuild? Are we okay to roll with Eli? Do we need a quarterback at any cost? Um, you know where we stand. And you can feel free to continue arguing your case with us on Twitter. I'm at football underscore grump. I am at the cranky fan. Uh, be sure to check out all of our podcasts on iTunes and SoundCloud, just giants. And you can get the Twitter notifications if you follow our podcast at just giants pod. Yeah, we will have later on this week, we will have our our next in our series of position uh, previews. You know, what do we need right now? What did we do in free agency? What are we looking for in the draft? So, we will slowly roll those out between now and draft day. And maybe we should do a live Mystery Science Theater watching of draft day. Just let the tape run for an hour and a half. And we just comment as the movie goes on. Bottle of Jameson. Quarter liquor, yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll catch you later this week. Go Giants. Go Giants.